On today's episode of the Corey Andrews Podcast, we end our redraft series with one that built two Super Bowl champions in the next decade. The 2013 NFL Draft helped create stars of the Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles that contributed to these titles, and I'm re-enlisting two Giants fans in Avery and Cal to help me out. If you don't like quarterbacks, this is the draft for you. But first, the Corey Andrews Podcast is always brought to you by my Twitch. Quick update, if you'd like to see more highlights and updates regarding my streaming, please follow my new streaming Twitter account at Corcacola1. It's the same as my current personal account, just add a one next to it. I will now post when I go live there as well as include the best highlights from our streams throughout the week. Now that the craziest of my work schedule is hopefully done, I'm looking to return to my normal schedule from the week before. If you don't remember, that's two streams on weekdays and even three on Saturday. In the 3 to 6 p.m. time frame, catch me playing the new DLC for Pokemon Sword, the Isle of Armor. And in the 6 to 10 p.m. time frame, I'll jump on my PlayStation 4 and play either competitive Overwatch or Warzone. Friday nights, don't forget our weekly six-hour Overwatch marathon starting around 6 p.m. As sports come back, I will also be doing live commentary and analysis for sports events and news. We continue to set new records for followers and live viewers for last week, including a whopping 27 live viewers watching our Friday marathon on July 3rd. So I look forward to seeing you watch me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Corcacola1. That's twitch.tv slash C-O-R-K-A-C-O-L-A-1. And I look forward to seeing you on my next stream. Without further ado, let's start the redraft. All righty. Welcome to this week's episode of the Corey Andrews Podcast. Today, we're doing the last of our redraft series. We are done after this one. Live sports are coming back, hopefully. So this is the last one you have to deal with. I can already tell all of you are bored with it. You're sick of it. Don't worry. We're done after this one. But it's a good one because the Eagles killed this draft. Uh, joining me is a very familiar voice. If you heard last week's pod, it's Avery Martini. How we doing, gentlemen? I hope you guys can hear me a little better now. Made a little swap of the microphone. So uh, hopefully we'll be running strong throughout this one. Yeah, I apologize for that up front. I couldn't fix anything on my end, but hopefully everybody else could still hear you. And I, I think we could make out the picks anyway, so it all yeah. worked out. And also joining us for his pod debut, it's also a fellow Giants fan, so I'm outnumbered today. It's Nick Calibro. What's going on, fellas? And yes, you are, Corey. Yes, you are outnumbered by us beautiful <laughs> Giants fans. Well, see, I had to do this for a reason. This was strategic because... <laughs> the Eagles absolutely killed this draft. There are two teams that just did way better than anybody else. And it was the mm -hmm. Chiefs and it was the Eagles, which picked right along the top. So not really a surprise, but, you know, I got to keep the ego in check. So you guys are going to, like, help just bury me down like all these quarterbacks. <laughs> See, I guess all you had to, I guess all you had to do in this draft was take a tight end. And then you'd be, I guess, the best in this uh, draft, huh? Yeah, this was an odd draft. Uh, a very, very good tight end class. Maybe the best that you can remember, for sure. It's very rare you see a tight end that I have ranked number two overall, and another one at 16. That's very rare. Uh, very good offensive tackle draft, and a very good defensive tackle draft. So it's kind of a boring draft for that. Uh, <laughs> no good quarterbacks at all. So I hope you're not expected to hear quarterbacks. If you are, sorry. Not happening this time. <laughs> go, listen, go listen to the last week's podcast for that one. Yeah, listen to our last one. We had quarterbacks all over the place, including some that maybe didn't deserve it, but whatever. Okay, so uh, 
I think everybody listening knows the drill of how we do this. This is already our fourth redraft. So uh, we're just going to redraft the 2013 NFL draft in order, how it was given. There were no major trades because there were no quarterbacks. So we're just going to keep the order as is. Uh, just a quick rundown of what that draft had. Uh, there were 36 pro bowlers that draft, 12 of them out of the first round, uh, including seven undrafted. That's insane. Uh, a record 11 international players were drafted, led by Ziggy Ansah was the highest. And a record 73 underclassmen were taken or declared for the draft and 52 were drafted. So about 71%, not too bad. Uh, so this draft started with the Kansas City Chiefs, who... Uh, had Andy Reid come aboard after a lot of great years in Philly, but he was never able to get the uh, Lombardi trophy. So Andy started with them at the bottom and now they're here. Super Bowl champs. So this pick really started it off and I'm going to start this redraft off. So the Kansas city chiefs had some pretty distinct needs. They actually weren't as bad as the record stated. They had some injuries and, Alex Smith, again, not the best quarterback, but he was fine for what they needed and for Andy Reid's system. Uh, they could use some line help on both sides and some help in the secondary and at linebacker, but there's a clear-cut number one option for this draft that would help the Chiefs right away. And their number one pick, Eric Fisher, isn't bad at all. Like, he's the number three player on my board, so he's still done very well for himself. Late bloomer. But this number one player is no question the best. And I'm going to take David Bakhtiari of the Packers at number one overall here. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else needs to be said. Uh, perennial pro bowler. Uh, he is the best player on the Packers offense and has been for pretty much like a five-year stretch from like 14 to 18. Once you started seeing Aaron Rodgers dip a little bit with age. Uh, honestly, just it's amazing how unrecognized he gets for his greatness and yeah, he's arguably the best left tackle or offensive tackle in this game that we have. So yeah, David Bakhtiari, number one, easy choice. Yeah. Uh, Corey and I were talking before this and um, kind of, I brought it up that I think he can make a really serious case for the best left tackle in the league right now. And uh, Corey had mentioned that, you know, um, his penalties went up a little bit last year that could have been due to a new scheme, new coaching and all that. But you take that out, or even if you keep that in, I still think there's a really serious case that he's the best left tackle in the league right now, and that's just a clear number one pick for me. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. And I think that with the way Aaron Rodgers has played his whole career, how like, unpredictable he would be in terms of just like rolling out and throwing the ball up, it's surprising that Bakhtiari didn't always have high penalty numbers in that like sort of scheme where he's just kind of – Aaron Rodgers, you've seen time and time again, like roll out, turn back, fire the other way. And it's like, he's one of the only guys that actually can do it right. Yeah. So I just looked this up real quick. Uh, he did set a career high in penalties last year, including uh, he's done. He's had six holdings in a season before, but he had five false starts and he's never had that many at all. So very odd. But mm -hmm. again, when, when the reporters asked him, because it was clear he didn't have his best season last year, still good, mm -hmm. but yeah, he credits the new scheme that Matt LaFleur put in after, you know, so many years of Mike McCarthy with the yeah. same offense. True. So, yeah, I just think this is the clear-cut pick, and he would be fine anywhere he goes, and Andy Reid is an offensive line guru. So, all right, I think that went without saying. Now it gets interesting after this. So, 
Cal, you are up with the Jacksonville Jaguars who thought once the Chiefs took Eric Fisher at one, that they got the best player of the draft in Luke Jokel. We heard through the whole fall, it was Luke Jokel, best lineman. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much. No, uh, see, yeah. No. So, like, like you said, you know, originally they were like, lock. We got Luke Jokel, sign him up, 10 years, starter, pro bowler, you name it, he does it. And his career was kind of a joke in the sense that he never really did anything. He was kind of, I would say he was probably hurt a lot, but I don't think that really impacted the fact that he was not a top tackle in the league. But that being said, on the Jaguars, which is a team that has a need at about every position almost every year, um, I'm still going to go with a left tackle here and just go with the one that was taken number one overall in the original draft and Eric Fisher. And um, I don't know if there's too much to really explain there, but best offensive tackle available. Eric Fisher, now a Super Bowl champ. I mean, guys are just an overall very solid left tackle. Yeah, and it was interesting with him because he started at right tackle his rookie year. And mm-hmm. they flipped him and Donald Stevenson uh, his sophomore year and was never really great until you could even argue last year. He was pretty good. But last year, he got his first Pro Bowl nod, played all 16 games finally. And you could see him take a step up. He got hurt this year. He only played eight games. But... Definitely a difference maker, and he's definitely gotten much better. Career low in penalties this year. We talked about Bakhtiari set a career high. Fisher, mm-hmm. career low. So, very excited to see how he uh, progresses as he ages. And it was a little bit of a rough start, but he has definitely proven to be a very good tackle. Yeah. Here's a little uh, <clears throat> trivia question for you guys so you can get this one. So, at the time, he was the only number one overall selection from the MAC conference in NFL history. Before this, who was the closest to going number one overall from the Mac? Ooh. That's a Corey question. I have oh. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, okay. Well, so right away, I know Eric Fisher went to Central Michigan. I know yep. Joe Staley went to Central Michigan, but I, I don't think they were in the Mac at the time. So that was where my oh. mind went. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. How old are we saying here? 2003. Oh, I got nothing. I don't remember those drafts. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the school, and then maybe it helps, and if not, I'll give you the answer. It's from Marshall University. Randy Moss. Oh, wait, he was no, taking No, 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 Moss is... Yeah, you're Moss right. Moss right. also, like, 98 or something like that. He was what? not 2003. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> um, what position did he play? I might give it away, but quarterback. Um, Was, Penning- oh. was Pennington 03? Oh. Nope. Uh, Oh, it might have been. How do you think it's the Brady year? Yeah. Oh, 2000, you're right. Uh, oh, damn. I don't know. Yeah, I got Brian Leftwich. Brian Leftwich, who also went to the Jaguars at number seven overall. Oh, Mr. Yeah. Leftwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. he's, he's a coordinator now, right? Yep. Bucks. Yeah, he just follows Bruce Arians around now. <laughs> which is, isn't a bad gig, honestly. No, that's Bruce fun. Arians is the man. Yeah. Okay, so we've gone very boring with our first two picks, but <laughs> we might spice it up here because we had a trade up in the draft. The Dolphins traded their first and second rounders to move up to number three and take Oregon pass rusher Dion Jordan. 
Yeah, well, that didn't go as planned either. He had a couple suspensions, and he just came back in 18 after sitting out like two years. Mm-hmm. So, Avery, who do you have the Dolphins taking at number three? So, with the Dolphins pick at number three, we're going to not go as boring with, you know, your standard tackles, your standard guards, whatever you may have. Because there's a couple guards here that actually could be taken right now as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of offensive players here. There's even a center in the top ten here that can be taken. But you know you had a good draft when you had two players taken in the top three of this redraft, and I'm going with Travis Kelsey here. Five-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ, two-time All-Pro, 1,000 yards receiving in his last five years. He's just an absolute machine. You can argue he's the best tight end in the league. Personally, Eileen Kittle because of his blocking ability. But if you're talking about just pure offense, it's Kelsey and someone who will be taken later on in this first round in Zach Ertz. I've just, there's not really not too much to argue with this. I feel I think he's clearly the best available and can definitely help if you just solve the quarterback issue. <laughs> yeah, and he's – it's amazing. If you look at his yards per catch on pro football reference, it's ridiculous. It stays between 12 and a half and 13 yards every season. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. He's so consistent. Uh Perennial 1,000-yard receiver. He had 1,318 when he was all-pro. Uh, two-time all-pro, five-time pro bowler, like you had said. Uh, and he's really just gotten better and better. Maybe, if you want to argue a peak, it was probably 18 with the 10 touchdowns and helping my fantasy team win nothing. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, my dynasty team's a wreck. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, uh, great pick. Uh, great player. Great value here. Yeah. I mean, I just agree on all fronts. <laughs> Not much I can add. <laughs> all right. I am up at number four, and you're probably following along the draft order. Like, wait a minute. You know who's at number four here. It's my Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we are ushering in the uh, huh, the he who must not be named era after Andy Reid. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like I did there, huh? <laughs> uh, so it was an interesting time. Um, a lot of boards had quarterback as a big need because we didn't know how long Michael Vick would stay up healthy or stop fumbling at the time. That was this big problem. But offensive line was a problem. We were playing Todd Harriman's at right tackle. That was a disaster. And basically we're redoing the entire defense because we were converting to a three, four for the first time I could remember. And it worked out fine for one year, like everything with he, who must not be named. (laughs) And it went down the drain after that. So, Oh man. Well, Fisher going at two kind of screwed up my plan. So, Hmm. (laughs) So I have options now, which, and by the way, we are not taking last week's episode into account. So even though I took Hightower with the Eagles, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. He's not on this roster. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, well, I have to clear it up for the people at home. They might not know that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, man. I don't want to take a run-stopping defensive tackle here. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. You know what? I'm going to reach a little bit, and it's Ooh. fine because he's proven himself worthy. It's Lane Johnson. Boo. So I was not going to do this pick if Eric Fisher was here, but I'm going to stick to it. Uh, So at the time, if you followed the Eagles offensive line, Jason Peters was hurt and a lot of people were saying he's done. Now this was 
seven years ago. So he's still he's <laughs> Hasn't still that last happened year. multiple times for him. Almost <laughs> he's hurt and he's done. Almost every year, but more likely every other year. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, no, but like the offensive line was in flux. We had a great mm-hmm. guard and Evan Mathis, who at the time was the best in the league. You could say mm-hmm. Jason Kelsey was hurt and never played a full season at that point. And Harriman's was getting old, and we had just run. Uh, uh, what's his name? We drafted that old guard from Baylor, the firefighter. Oh, Danny Watkins. There it is. Uh, and we had run him out of town because he sucked. So <laughs> the offensive line was pretty brutal. So I think one thing Lane Johnson did was stabilize it. It basically said, okay, Harriman, slide back into right guard where you belong. And it allowed Lane to develop at right tackle until Peters was going. They didn't expect Jason Peters to still be here at this point, but – I think Lane Johnson has proven to be, if not the best right tackle, uh, very close. He's probably in the top three. And it's amazing he hasn't gotten a chance to be at left tackle, but he's taken one for the team and said they want me a right tackle. So he's staying there. The the one hiccup you could argue is the multiple PED suspensions early in his career. But I just think he embodies the city and he's done a lot for Philly. And he did a lot to stabilize what is now one of the, the league's best units. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of him, but <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> Fair, because he's better than every offensive lineman of the Giants. <laughs> well, every time we draft a, every time we draft a tackle, it doesn't end up well. So <laughs> until this year, tackle, yeah. Until this year. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's much to be said here. No, nah, good pick. A couple articles that I actually was reading up on. Um, they were from a couple years ago, and they're like. Oh, should the Chiefs have taken Eric Fisher? Should they have taken Lane Johnson? And they kind of completely ignored that David Bakhtiari is probably one of the best ones in that draft. But if you're comparing, <laughs> you know, if you're comparing Bakhtiari, Eric Fisher, and Lane Johnson, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of those three at this point. Yeah. No, and his best year was definitely the Super Bowl year. Uh, by far, career best in every stat, uh, All Pro. He's been a Pro Bowl in the last three years. I mean, it just what more can you say? Yeah. That that year might be worse than 2020. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're something else. All right. So glad I didn't give you the Giants pick this time. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of bad teams, uh, Cal, you're up with the Detroit Lions at number five, who took a chance on uh, Ziggy Ansah, a very mm-hmm. raw pass rusher who really didn't play too much football, just mm-hmm. banking on the upside. And uh, it, it had a moment, and then it didn't happen. So, yeah. who do you got for them? So, uh, like the other team, a familiar face here in the top 10 of the draft, the Detroit Lions. Um, The 2012 Lions desperately needed to add in this draft offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. And the top, let's see, one, two, three are already off the board in terms of tackles. So that's not helping the cause. (laughs) In the, what was it, the second round? Oh, no, the third round, sorry, of this draft in real life, they took Larry Warford, who obviously has had a pretty good career. He's still hanging around. But that's a really boring pick at right guard, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to do something that I shouldn't do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh-oh. I know you're I'm, going. I'm going to pair Calvin Johnson with another stud at wide receiver. There it is. take DeAndre Hopkins with the fifth pick in this draft. And I don't even know if I have to explain myself, but seeing Matt Stafford throw the ball to 
Calvin Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins would be one hell of a show. I mean, yeah, that's about as standard a pick as you can get. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like our explanations have been short because we've been drafting linemen. It's like we can't really give you guys the X's and O's on linemen, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, what can you say? All pro the last three years, uh, almost 1,600 yards in 18. That's just stupid. Uh, Numbers were down across the board because the Texans are. I don't know what they are at this point. Uh, just phenomenal player. Obviously, I think the lack of height kind of played into his drop in the draft. Mm-hmm. He went late in the first round. He's listed 6'1", but I don't even think he's 6'1". I think he's shorter than that. But uh, true number one. Uh, Arizona's going to be very happy to have him. Uh, yeah, great pick. I like it. Yeah, him and Kyler Murray are going to look really, really, really good together, especially when you pair Christian Kirk and then old man Larry who's still uh, mm-hmm. catching balls and not dropping any and getting more tackles than drops. But uh, yep. I think <laughs> he's a really good pick. And, you know, Calvin wasn't didn't last the longest, but you paired him off of Calvin a couple of years, and wow. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Avery, Avery, you stole my stat. I was going to say the tackles over drops. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Uh, All right. Speaking of Avery, you are up with the perennial dumpster fire that is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, As always, quarterbacks in need, but we're not going to go there because trust me, don't. (laughs) Who do you got? Yeah, well, um, Cal kind of screwed me up here because I was really looking forward to pairing DeAndre Hopkins with uh, Josh Gordon here with uh, newly acquired stud in the backfield Trent Richardson acquired in the 2012 draft (laughs) would have been a great offense but one thing the Browns I guess there's one thing I'm always jealous of with the Browns is that they always have good tackles yeah they just always do and you know the tackles that have been on the board tackles that have taken so I'm not even worried about taking a tackle here but I'll still take the best available and he's still an offensive lineman and I'll go with what Cal mentioned before and Larry Warford He's really good in between the trenches. Obviously, he's a guard, so I'm not going to be talking much here. There's not really much that you're going to be interested in. Mm-hmm. But he plays games, and that's kind of what I look for in offensive linemen. As I said in the last uh, week's podcast, once you start missing games and you have to plug and place offensive linemen, that's where the issues come. And he's always playing 14, 15 games. He, I don't know, he hasn't played 16 in a couple years. But if you're playing 15 games, you miss a week here and there, I think that's good. It's when you're starting to miss multiple weeks in a row that issues come in the offensive line. So I think this is a really good pick here for them. Sure up that offensive line even more. Definitely better than um, Mingo that they took here last year. <laughs> or uh, they actually took. Yeah, and it's strange because he is a perennial pro bowler. He's made the last three with the Saints. But now he's a free agent because they drafted Cesar Ruiz in the first round. Mm-hmm. Out of your big blue, Avery. And- and it's a little strange that you see a three-time Pro Bowler still available in the market because he's never committed more than four penalties in a year. That's insane. And yeah. last year was his career high at four. So I don't wow. know. What, yeah, I don't know uh, what else to say on this. He's a great player. I don't know why he's still available. I think the Eagles should give him a call for this year without Brandon Brooks. Yeah, that actually yeah, would be a great one-year signing for them. Just, yeah. just one year, bring him in, plug him in. And – the numbers definitely skyrocketed once he left Detroit, for sure. He yeah. he was not a first-round grade before he left uh, Detroit. But once he left, it, he's <laughs> now my number four player on my board. So, yeah, same for guard. I feel I like really that's what happens when players leave Detroit. <laughs> yeah. What was that, Avery? 
I really wanted the Giants to take Ruiz in the second round, but I'll, I'll take Xavier McKinney. But uh, that's uh, eight years down the road now, so let's not worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> True. Wow. Speaking of another pick that a team might regret, and I mentioned it on last week's podcast about the Chandler Jones trade, the Cardinals are up at number seven, and they took Jonathan Cooper, who they took a guard, which for this draft isn't bad, but they took the wrong guard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they ended up somehow getting rid of him and just a second rounder for the guy who's led the league in sacks for the last five years, I believe. So there you go. Uh, Good job, Arizona. So... Once again, like every team on this top list, they need a lineman and they need some back uh, second level help and third level help on the defense. Uh, they could use a long term answer quarterback with Carson Palmer, but I'm not doing that here. Uh, and they could use a couple more supplementary weapons. They don't need a main one, but so looking at what's left on the board. Oof. Yeah, I'm going to do this. Uh, a lot of people are very. Uh, bipolar on on this player he gets a lot of reaction either way one or the other i'm gonna take jamie collins here i think this is almost similar to what the cardinals did this year with this pick and they took isaiah simmons out of clemson Mm -hmm. uh a rangy linebacker can play all over the place he's even been tried as a mostly pass rusher for a little while when he was in cleveland and it was all right but that's not his game career high in sacks this year with Back with the Patriots at seven. Uh, just got paid again. Uh, lot, he's had three years with 100 tackles. Uh, one-time Pro Bowler. He's won some rings with the Pats. Again, certain people don't like his scheme, and sometimes he breaks out of the scheme and does his own thing. But he's a very productive player. He's an athletic monster. And he, he can kind of do a lot of different things, which the Browns always need. Yeah, whenever I see a linebacker on the Patriots, I just – watch in awe because I just wish that they had it on the Giants. I don't know if it's more or less the player or the scheme and those boogeymen that Sam Donald keeps seeing, <laughs> all those ghosts and everything like that. <laughs> but I just I'm in always in awe by these linebackers that the Patriots just I know he wasn't a Patriot for the past three years, but you know, he started with the Patriots, went to the Brown Patriots again. <clears throat> it's just I don't know, man. Now I'm looking at like guys like Chase Winovich and I'm just scared for the future. <laughs> coming from a, a fellow big blue fan and now he's just gonna torture everyone for the next 10 years any linebacker that was a patriot at one point is a good pick anytime yeah i mean you're not wrong and i think the same as a giants fan every time we well i should rephrase that we never draft linebackers for whatever reason we decided we don't want to draft them early and or often <laughs> So when we see other teams drafting good linebackers and they're running around, like, destroying everybody, it makes me a little upset. <laughs> I would yeah. imagine. Uh, coming from another team that doesn't draft linebackers, so I feel that. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Cal, you're up at number eight with the St. Louis Rams. I'm getting uh, it right again. Look St. at me. Louis. <laughs> yes. Uh, they traded up. Uh, kind of gave up a lot, too. Uh, yeah. To, get Tavon Austin, who's just basically been a one-play-a-game gadget player for the Cowboys. Yep. He's not on the team right now. Uh, Cal, who do you got? Because they still need some weapons. Um, so this was a team I was also thinking about taking DeAndre Hopkins at. Wow, what a shock. Everybody would have wanted DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but the way I'm looking at this team, 
their needs are wide receiver, but like, eh, do I want to reach and grab Robert Woods, who's now a Ram? Or, you know, I could go with a boring pick and take an offensive lineman, but you already took Warford, so the guard level drops a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go a different route and take one of their secondary needs here, and I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell. Ah. Because this team took, I think it was Zach Stacy in this draft, if I remember correctly, and he was their starting running back. <laughs> I'm not sure I need to... um to go any further than that if i'm remembering correctly because that are, is yeah. yeah that is not great <laughs> so adding levy on bell is like adding a running back and a wide receiver in a sense so i think that would just be a huge weapon upgrade for you know the superstar quarterback they had in kellen clemens <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i when i originally these numbers for my graduate thesis that I mentioned last week, Le'Veon Bell was the number one player in this class, but that was also coming off of his best season. Mm-hmm. But then he sat out a year, he missed 16 games, and then he had a pretty awful year with the Jets, let's be honest. Some of it, not his fault, but you know. Yeah. So he fell to number nine in the rankings this year, but still a great player, and you could get five years of prime Le'Veon is worth it every time. I'd yeah. say that's perfect pick for what they need. Yeah, 100%. I was saying in the last video, too, I usually don't like drafting running backs high, but when they're elusive guys, Mm -hmm. I'm 100% ready to take a running back in the first round. I'll 100% sign up for six years, seven years of Le'Veon at above average and five years of him at being the best. And, you know, same thing with Christian McCaffrey and uh, and Saquon Barkley. Those guys, I'm not scared to take in the first round. It's when you get the bigger guys that I'm like, "Eh, maybe I don't want to take you here. But I would take um, Le'Veon Bell here any day. Yeah, and I think this was the year that Steven Jackson left the team. I want to say yes. And this was a year, one of the years, I think, that Bradford was hurt. So having a running back is a kind of uh, necessity, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and they definitely needed one. And, mm-hmm. yeah, Zach Stacy was fine for a little bit, but, you know, it's a one-year – Ooh, and then gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. We're going to enter maybe our favorite pick of the draft right here, because this is the one I wish I could call up Craig right now <laughs> for last week's pod. So for those of you who don't know the backstory on this pick, the Jets had two. Uh, they traded Darrell Revis the week before the draft for pick 13 and an extra pick in the 14 drafts, a mid-round pick that they actually busted on figures. Uh, And that pick was fine. That was Sheldon Richardson. We'll get to that later. But this pick to replace Darrell Rivas was (laughs) brutal. All-time bad. I had checked. I believe he's the fifth-worst first-round pick in a, like, re-rank of the whole draft class that I have on record. And the two that are the worst are Johnny Manziel because he lasted three years and Justin Blackman. He lasted a year and a half. So <laughs> not great. Uh, Avery, who do you have the Jets taking to replace D Milliner and actually be? Um, I'm so upset because Le'Veon Bell was a staple here and I was going to take him <laughs> right back to the Jets. He's on the Jets now and he, he was coming back. And Cal kind of screwed that one up for me. Again, that's two picks in a row where Cal picked my player. So you look at the Jets roster, and they need absolutely everything except one position, and that's center. And it just so happens that the best player on the board is a center. So 
I guess we'll skip the whole based on the best available draft here. Uh, I think this is when Nick Mangle was in the prime, and then he kind of just fell off in 2015, I think it may be, maybe 2016. Um, so definitely not taking a center here. But they need just about everything. Um, so let's get let's get a little freaky with it here. Ooh. Their tight end at the time is Jeff Cumberland. <laughs> and just to get this guy out of this division, and I think he'll be hit great here, give it Zach Ertz. A little reach a little bit. Let's give him the tight end. Maybe Mark Sanchez comes back to life. Who knows? <laughs> he didn't have the greatest year. But when you have listen, – listen to their 2012 fucking roster. Then Mark Sanchez, Sean Green, Lex Hill, Stephen Hill, Jeremy Curl. He was good for a year maybe. And then you got the decent offensive line. You got Bangled, you got DeBrickishaw, then you got Slauson, guys that you really don't know. They need about everything. So just add a playmaker, and that's Zach Ertz. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Zach Ertz is obviously, as an Eagles fan, we've gotten a firsthand look at he has literally saved the offense multiple years in a row now without any other receivers next to him. Now, how much his numbers are inflated by that, especially the 18 numbers where you see he has almost 1,200 yards. I mean, that's absurd. Yeah. But even ju- just consistency, uh, great player, physical. Again, if you're looking for a blocker, maybe not his best attribute, but he can still do it reasonably well. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think this would bring excitement and you get Juilliards out of it too. So package deal. Yeah. That's a win-win, right? There you go. Good job, New York. I think, um, (laughs) I think that this pick, if it actually happened in real life in 2013, that the Jets took a tight end at nine. Could you imagine (laughs) how much chaos would be going on in the world? Like they would be abs. The fan, the fan base would be so pissed, not even knowing that, you know, coming out Ertz is going to be a pro bowler almost every year and have these great seasons but like just taking the tight end at nine when they have like you know a lot of yeah (laughs) (laughs) I mean they took a defensive tackle corner in the first round within four picks of each other I mean it's not like they took you know Hopkins like marquee guys they took kind of boring picks like that's most like avid rabid fan bases boo so well the Jets boo anybody yeah Okay, look at this. Another former Eagle. Uh, I'm up at number 10 with the Tennessee Titans, who took uh, Chance Wormack, number 10. So many guards early in this draft. Why? Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was okay. Uh, he's kind of bounced around and been – now he's like the 50th man on the roster that like you make him inactive before every game, but he still gets the paycheck. So nice. good for him. That's the life to live, honestly. Yeah practice two days a week you still make like a million and a half and you don't do anything in game day that's it nice good job chance Wormack. He's uh, living in real life blue mountain state <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true uh so yeah the titans could use uh, a lot of defensive help they could use a tight end i believe this was a year before they got delaney walker from the 49ers and some interior linemen uh i would draft frederick here but i don't want to play him out of position because he's a all-time center so oh man this is rough the titans <laughs> the titans always seem like they need the most boring positions every year yeah is it just me like there was one year they needed a receiver and then they take the bus Corey davis <laughs> but uh i'm gonna reach a little bit for this pick as well and i'm gonna go xavier rhodes okay uh rhodes closed as our old buddy norm would say uh until this year 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the road was wide man. open this year. <laughs> oh, open that baby up. Uh, I mean, honestly, he had a phenomenal 16, 17, 18 run. Uh, he had five picks in 16, three-time Pro Bowl. He made the Pro Bowl this year? Does anybody watch him? No, oh. he was horrendous. How did he make the Pro oh Bowl my this year? God. I didn't even realize that. Oh, my God. He must have been an injury replacement. I hope so. Uh, all pro in 17, much deserved. He was yeah, very good that absolutely. year. Absolutely. Uh, and just became the first of what became the Vikings drafting a first round corner every year, pretty much <laughs> to try and match up with him. Yeah. And he was the only one that panned out, uh, but consistent double digit pass defended. He had five picks in 16, which was his career high tackles a lot. He actually had a career high in tackles, but that's probably because every receiver ran by him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you're probably I'm not, right. I'm not doing a good job selling him. Uh, he was a legitimate top five quarter in the league for a good three years, and the Titans have never had that since Cortland Finnegan left. So let's give it to him. Yeah, I always really liked Xavier Rose. Obviously, this year, are you sure he made the Pro Bowl this year? Because I remember just watching him. He was really bad. But he did. Yeah, he must wow. have been an injury replacement or something. But I mean, just wild. I don't know how yeah, he made it. That's insane. But yeah, in you know past. You know, three, four years, I've just remembered playing with him in Madden and watching him in real life, and he was just always the guy I kind of wanted at corner. So, you know, mm-hmm. you're taking him at pick number 10 here. I think that's a steal any day for the Titans. Yeah. I feel like a couple of, couple of years we were just thinking about, imagine the Giants were able to trade and get someone like Xavier Rhodes at corner because <laughs> yep. our corners seem to always, like, deteriorate and then we don't have anyone, but... Yeah. Now I'll gladly pass on that. <laughs> well, I'm glad the Eagles didn't go for that and they went for Darius Slay instead. So yeah. thank goodness. Okay. Hey Cal, guess who this team picked for you? Another guard. <laughs> oh, let's go. And another team in uh, same name but in a new place, the San Diego Chargers. Very good. Um yes, DJ Fluker out of Bama. Uh, he's he somehow ends up finding a new team to start on every year. He's probably yeah. going to start for the Ravens this year, which is mm-hmm. insane to replace Marshall Yonda. But who do you have? So DJ Fluker also was a giant for a little bit, and yes. we were very intrigued by maybe signing him back up to play right tackle. And I, I mean, I think <laughs> we're okay that we didn't, but you know, he he like you said, he finds a way to make a team. Um, but the Chargers like. They do need offensive line or an offensive tackle, rather. Um, like you said, I don't know if I'd want to play Travis Frederick out of his beautiful center position here at eleven. But um, you just took the corner I was probably going to take at eleven. I figured, yeah. Um, the next need here, just going down the little list, would be wide receiver, and um, there are two wide receivers I'm looking at, and one of them was taken by the Chargers in this draft just at a later point in time. But I'm going to go with a guy who's basically just been prime and consistent, maybe not so early on, but for the last however many seasons I can remember. I'm going to go with Robert Woods here. Mm. And I think he's just a guy who has, like, sure hands. He's not the fastest wide receiver. He's not going to just burn you down the field. Great route runner. Reminds me a lot of Amani Toomer, and maybe I'm being a little biased, and that's why I like him. But he's got a – I don't know. He's just a good route runner, sure hands, and you never, like, you're never complaining about something that Robert Woods does. And I feel like a sure wide receiver is something that they need, and he doesn't have the injury history like Keenan Allen. So that's where I would take Woods over Allen in that situation. 
And it's funny that you mentioned that he did miss some games in Buffalo, but not a ton. Yeah. But and again, it's Buffalo. So if you look at his stats of Buffalo, he never reached 700 yards in a season. Like I said, that's, in the beginning, he wasn't that. You know. Yeah, that but great. again, again, that's not his fault because he had EJ Manuel throwing passes. He had Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing passes. He had a, not a franchise guy. Yeah, but, absolutely. But you could. You can see the second he left and went yep. to L.A., oh, man, 1,200 yards in 18, 1,119. I mean, and now he's probably going to play as the number one. He's not the number one in that offense, uh-huh. but he will be the ex, like, main receiver in L.A. this year, and it should be yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he's just – he's such a good – I don't put him at number one, I guess, just because – Cup has been just that guy for them, but mm. if you have him, Mr. Consistent, and then Cup, who's that, I guess that slant and go kind of receiver that can just break out an 80 yard catch and run whenever he wants, I think that's just such a good combination to have. Yep. The Rams definitely don't need receivers at this point. It's just a matter of can they, one, can their quarterback actually play like a competent quarterback? Even though Colin Coward had Jared Goff listed at the number five arm talent in the league that <laughs> that was blasphemy <laughs> but if you put him on the chargers here yeah they got Keenan allen later and Keenan allen has been great I, i'd argue Keenan allen has had better years than robert woods it's just uh-huh. that robert woods has just been kind of consistent throughout with yep. the different quarterbacks that he's had so i think he's a good pick here i think you could have gone either one of them and can't yeah. really argue but robert woods is a good pick here yeah it more more or less came down to the injury history, I think, because Keenan Allen's a more explosive player for sure. But mm-hmm. he also, I feel like he misses multiple games every single year, and that's just, it's not great. And imagine Robert Woods with Philip Rivers instead of the debacle Buffalo, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It, that's that's part of like that alternate universe thing we praise him these mock drafts you just got to think of it like that like how much better would he be with a better quarterback in his prime like so no i like that pick with antonio gates and that wasn't lt had already gone so i guess that was ryan matthews oh god that's another he who must not be named signing from us too great he was he was like very good in san diego yeah, and then he got a neck injury pretty early in Philly, and that was about it. That's done. Yeah. Uh, you know, out of our, like, five running backs that he paid a ton of money to. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm going to move on before I get mad. Uh, Avery, you are up with the Oakland Raiders, who traded down from number three. Very odd move, but the Dolphins came to pay for Deion Jordan. Oof. Yeah. Uh, they took- <laughs> To continue the run on DJs, they took DJ Hayden, a quarter out of Houston, which nobody expected to go this high, but there's Oakland again, being weird. Uh, He's actually been pretty respectable. He had a very, very rough start, and he's been carving out a role as, like, you know, like your slot guy now on the OKT, which is fine. That's better than how he started. So who do you got? I feel like for the past three picks, we've been hinting about taking this guy, but we're not wanting to take him out of position. (laughs) I'm going to do that again. Just because the Dolphins at this time had Mike Pouncey. So I'm not taking another freaking center just to play him out of position. So clearly, <laughs> I think Frederick is on top of all of our boards here. We're just waiting yes. for the right position to take him in. Uh-huh. And that's not going to be here, unfortunately, for the Dolphins with Mike Pouncey. <laughs> so we'll go one more down and we'll go with a very boring defensive tackle, Starlet Talali. And it's just, he's not the, you know, he's not the 
monster that you're going to see at the stacks that Aaron Donald did. He's not going to hog all the tackles that these um, kind of run defense, like a lot of run defensive, defensive tackles are going to get these tackle numbers. He's just a big blocking guy. That's going to take away double teams from edge rushers. He's going to be a force in the middle. If you run up the middle, you're going to run into him. He had a really good stand on Carolina and he's been okay in Buffalo. He still plays 16 games every year. So I think he's a good pick here. He's a standard, just defensive nose tackle guy that you can just throw in there, hog some bodies, and free up everyone else around him. That's the kind of guy that I see in that, guys that will free up guys around you. Yeah, and it was funny because in this draft, Carolina took uh, Starlatula first round, and then they took K1 short in the second round. So they doubled down on two defensive tackles, like Riverboat Ron Strategy 101 there. Uh, <laughs> and – it looked like up until probably this year or last year, Kwan Short was by far the better player. They're both very good, but they're both different players. Kwan Short will at least rush the passer a little more. Starlatula is a pure run stuffer. But then yep. once he left for Buffalo and got out of Kwan Short's shadow, you could see like, oh, this is the guy who went really early in the draft. He's, I think last year was probably his best year. The numbers don't show it, but he did a lot of little things to help out that Buffalo team into the playoffs. Very hey, yeah, he never has the tackle numbers, but he's just a really good guy that your numbers aren't going to show how good you actually played. He exactly. also had the uh, privilege of playing next to short, like you said, and now he's playing next to Ed Oliver. So yeah, he's, he's, he's got nice company with him too, which also helps. Yeah. He draws out the best. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Okay. Oh, <laughs> all right. We're back on those New York Jets. Uh, <laughs> this was maybe the one good pick they've had in like this whole like six-year stretch of getting Sheldon Richardson at 13, which he hasn't exactly played on the best teams. He never stays around a team, but he is a very good player. Uh, he is a Pro Bowl caliber when he wants to, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. And this was the right pick for the time, uh, back when they used to spend every pick on a defensive tackle for some reason. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am not going to give them Sheldon Richardson this time as much <laughs> as I want to. Uh, oof. Okay, running backs kind of fell off a cliff here. Yep. And that's kind of where I was leaning. I can't do quarterback because this draft is abysmal. And, oh, man, we gave them that. Ugh. Man, you're, you guys can play the Jeopardy music behind me. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, there it is. You know what? I just said I'm not doing it. I'm doing it. Sheldon Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to cut that out. Maybe not. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, again, like I said, has all the talent in the world. You could see it in certain moments with the Jets. Not so much recently because he keeps bouncing around at better teams that have mm -hmm. better talent around him, like Minnesota two years ago. Cleveland with all the Miles Garrett and Vernon and all the other talent they have on that D-line. Yeah. But very, again, it's not much I can really add on to this. He's had eight sacks in a season as a, like a, a three, four end. He can play nose tackle. He can play tackle at a four, three, his 14 season where he made the pro bowl was just ridiculous. So I'm looking for more of that style role for him here again, and just stay there. The Jets tried to move him to like an outside linebacker in 3-4. I don't know what they're doing, as usual. Uh, yeah, just stick it to him as a 3-4 end and just let him run the rush the passer. That's all. Pretty simple.
the Jets, the Jets fans have food. <laughs> That's pretty funny. They have. I think it's a good pick here. Um, clearly their only good pick in this draft, and probably their only good pick in a five-year stretch, as you said. Going back to uh, yeah, watch uh, last week's episode again. You'll see how bad that pick was as well. <laughs> but he's just you know a really good guy to have here. I think it was the perfect spot for him. There wasn't really much of a reach. I think at time, at the time he kind of fell, right? Wasn't he expecting yeah. to go a little bit higher? I want to um, say they were projecting him to go like with that first pick, like the eight or nine range. Yeah, right. And I think they got really lucky falling him falling here. He's just been a consistent guy to have, and when you have a good. Like, in that position, if you're just consistent and once again can play and you can cause havoc as much as you can, then I think it's a really good pick here, especially at 13, sticking with those New York Jets and actually getting a good pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as he's causing havoc on the field and not off the field, he's a good player. Yeah. That's a very fair point. <laughs> you could describe a couple players in this class and the last class with like yeah. that. Uh, all right. Cal, you're up with the Carolina Panthers at 14, who took Starla Tulele at 14. That worked out pretty well. Uh, could you use some uh, line help, some secondary help? So who do you have them taken here? So, like you said, my, my boy Star got taken, so I can't take him here in Carolina. Um, a team that, like like Avery's pick, I can't I can't take Travis Frederick. Ryan Khalil was a all-pro center this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, he keeps falling. <laughs> so I'm not going to take him here. But instead, I'm going to reach for maybe not their top need here, but a guy who would definitely help out a quickly growing defense. And that is Tyron Matthew. Mm. And a guy, who, a guy who really fell in this draft because of the off-field concerns that he would be a head case, and he really has been none of a head case in the NFL since he's been in it. And, uh, I mean, the guy is just a playmaker. You can put him in the slot. You can put him at safety. He's just – he's out there. He makes plays. He's a good tackler for a secondary player as well. And, I mean, I mean, watching him play now, he's still out there. He's still making plays. It's uh, – I, I mean, I, I don't even know if I have to explain much more. He's just a, he's Overall, he's a great, solid player in the secondary. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL at this time. So I agree. That's it. I agree. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely see when he's motivated and when he's right. Like he wasn't 15. He was an all-pro and pro bowler. Last year at the Chiefs, all-pro, Super Bowl champ. Those were his two best years by far. Again, you could see like the inconsistencies, the up and downs, I, I, if you're really looking for a concern. But when he's at his best, and you can keep him motivated. And I think Cam Newton could keep him motivated. I think yep. they're similar personality-wise. Like, they're fiery. They're competitive. I, I think this is a good pick for him. And, yeah, that's, safety was a need for the Carolina for a long time. I think he would fit great here. Yeah, I mean, you you would add him onto a team with Keekly and Thomas Davis at linebacker. Like, that defense. Yeah. With, they already have Captain Munnerlin as one of their corners when he was actually a pretty good corner for a little while. Yeah. Like, I think that defense just would get that much better, and that defense turned out to be great for a little while. Absolutely. Okay, uh, we're going to stay in the division here, and Avery's up with the New Orleans Saints. It's weird not seeing them pick in the playoff area, right? It's very yeah, weird. Yeah, very. Uh, they picked Kenny Vaccaro here, who's solid. I'm not going to say a he's pick. a— no, like, you could argue he's a fringe first-rounder in a redraft. You could mm -hmm. argue it. 
but they still had some other needs to address. Uh, they still needed some wideouts to help out Marcus Colston and then some other defensive help. So who do you have him taken here? Does the name Brian De La Puente ring any bells for you guys? It does. I remember him on the Bears and the Saints. He was okay. Yes, exactly. And the time has come for Travis Frederick to take his rightful spot as a starting center and get Brian De La Puente out of here. (laughs) De La Puente played three years for the Saints, 16 games each, and then once he went to Chicago and Washington, it just fell off. So just better get rid of him early than get rid of him late. So Travis Frederick here has never missed a game in his career. 16 games every year, if I'm remembering that correctly. Yes, I am. Six, yeah, exactly. Except for 18 where he just didn't play. Right. <laughs> um, but when he was playing his entire season, 16 games, and he's just a good, probably the best center in the league. I don't, I'm surprised he fell this far. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll just take him here any day. 15, finally. I, I would have taken him at 8. I would have taken him at 7, but just didn't feel the position. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, just missing 18, played every 16 games in every year other than 18. Crazy. Crazy. As dominant a center as there is in this era, he would go toe-to-toe for who's the best. Uh, you could argue, you know, he's among the top two or three of this decade, the generation. I mean, just great talent. We, that was a pick that the Cowboys traded up for, and every, everybody was like, really, a center? But that was like the start of, yeah, they took Tyron Smith in 11, they took Frederick in 13. Zach Martin was 14. Like, that was the start of them building that dominant offensive line. Yep. Oh, I hate that offensive line. Yeah, uh, the uh, offensive line. That you, <laughs> you, can, you can stick me behind that offensive line, and I'll give you 1,300 yards. There it is. <laughs> okay, uh, here we go. Here is the one quarterback that was picked in the first round of the original draft, who shouldn't have been. Uh <laughs> For any of you who don't remember the draft coverage, Geno Smith was projected to go in the first round, and he was maybe the only one at that point. Mm-hmm. But the Bills traded down and still got EJ Manuel, who everybody just had this face of, what? <laughs> Again, he was fine at Florida State. Not great, but okay, whatever. Everybody needs a quarterback, I guess. And Geno Smith fell to the second round. So... Well, not it didn't work out for either of them. Although one of them is still in the league getting paychecks, so you tell That's me. True. So <laughs> any pick here will help them out. I can't get them a quarterback in good conscience because there's nobody here. Uh, they could use some linebackers. They could use another wideout now that Robert Woods has been taken from them. And this is before Sammy Watkins too, so they really didn't have anybody. Uh, and some interior line help, some secondary, a tight end. So looking at who's left and who boy <laughs> oh man i am not seeing much here that i absolutely love but i'm gonna do this anyway because i don't want to take a defensive tackle here even though he is very very underrated i'm gonna go keenan allen here yep. i think it's the right pick uh again a lot of kind of what we said with robert woods it depends on the quarterback for sure Mm-hmm. And Keenan Allen has definitely helped out with Philip Rivers being his quarterback. Had some big injury problems in 15 and 16, and even in college before he was drafted. That's why he fell. He was supposed to go in the first round, and then he fell mm-hmm. to the third. But great player. When he's absolutely healthy, he's had 1,000 yards four seasons, including the last three, where he's made the Pro Bowl. Uh, consistent as it gets, six touchdowns 
each of the last three years. That's pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when he's healthy, he's right. And no matter who's the quarterback for Buffalo, which I don't even remember who it was, it had to have been bad if they drafted EJ Manuel. Uh, just get him a quarterback, and he would be a lot better in Buffalo. So yeah, I think it's the right pick here. I love Keenan Allen, especially for fantasy. He's just a Mr. Consistent in terms of catches. That's why I kind of picked him up in your league here um, in free agency, just because uh, I traded for him, actually. I gave up uh, Calvin Ridley in that one. But just because he's guaranteed 100 catches or, you know, I think he had 97 in 2018. He's just that kind of guy. And I think you can pair him off with kind of any quarterback and he'll help. Um, Obviously, no more Phillip Rivers there, but let's see if the young buck uh, can from Oregon can continue to throw him the ball. Usually, young bucks kind of favor the tight end, but when you have a big guy, like well, he's not really that big, but you can jump high and you can get those hands. When you have him on the outside, it's kind of like a safety net for a young quarterback. So I think Herbert can really grow to like him there. But if you put him in the bill with the Bills and just give him any kind of quarterback, you can kind of grow with him there. I didn't realize how young he is. He was when he was drafted. He was. He had just turned. He turned twenty-one the day of the draft. He's very young. He's only twenty-eight. Yeah. Wow. Right now, so he's still in his prime. That's absurd. I didn't realize he was that yeah. young. Okay, but yeah, I, Herbert should be really good with him. A year of Mike Williams because I don't think they keep him and Hunter Henry for sure and Eckler. Mm-hmm. That, that that's a great offense. All right. Speaking of another mistake, Cal, you're up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they took Jarvis Jones thinking he's the pass rusher we need. Oops. <laughs> Not so much. I have never seen the Steelers run a draft pick out of town as quick as they did Jarvis Jones. That was absurd. But yeah. deserved. But deserved. So who do you have him taken here? So when you said speaking of mistakes and then you said my name, I got a little offended, but <laughs> that's all right. Um <laughs> We're um, looking at this Steelers <laughs> roster. It's really not terrible. You know, it's no. not it's not a bad team. Like it says their need is wide receiver. So obviously Keenan Allen would have been a nice guy to throw in there. But they still had a B who I guess was coming coming of age here. They had Mike Wallace. I think they had Mike Wallace. Unless this is here. They left, got rid of it. He left this all season. Yeah. So I think that was then that was what the coming of Emmanuel Sanders the following year. Um, so I think there's a lot. I mean, there's not a lot of desperation in need, but, you know, obviously you can fill at any position and be happy with it. They would like a pass rusher, but I'm going to be honest with you, I don't really want to give them any one of these pass rushers because I don't think, well, it'll be better than Jarvis Jones, but it might not be better than yeah, I agree. They would want. So I'm going to take a more, I, guess, I don't know how you'd put it, like a, a steady pick here, a guy that's definitely going to play. He's going to make plays for you. And I'm just going to go with maybe maybe it's the system, but Logan Ryan mm. at corner. And I just think overall he's a solid cornerback. He's played for obviously for a while now, and now he's in Tennessee, and he's still doing his thing even after leaving New England, which is always a great sign. Um I just I think that in a team that I think they had Ike Taylor at the time, but you know an old Ike Taylor at cornerback, uh, they could they could use another corner, and I think that would um, bring a young Logan Ryan right in to fit that already pretty good defense. I think um, why not? Yeah, and he's not on Tennessee anymore, by the way. He's asking for like ten million from the Jets, who won't give it to him. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, 
You're right. You're right. <laughs> the Jets always come back around to this pod. It's too easy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting with Logan Ryan, another Rutgers pick. For any of you who don't know, Bill Belichick loves his Rutgers players. Loves them. Uh, never became a full-time starter until his third year in the league. Pretty absurd. Uh, and yeah, he's been a really solid player. Uh, he's gotten four picks three times in his career. Uh, career high 113 combined tackles last year, which I don't know who you want to blame for that, but we'll just say that's a credit to him. Uh, you can even argue last, <laughs> yeah, you can even argue last year was his best year. 18 passes defended, and the Titans still cut him. So yeah. I, I don't know, but. No, very underrated player, uh, really good player for the Patriots. I was a little surprised to see him let him go, but no, I think he's proven he's still a very talented, quality player. Yeah, well, yeah, it's very, very underrated. And it's Belichick's, you know, his motto, he's going to get rid of a player one year earlier than you would expect. Because, mm-hmm. like, he still had this good year, and now he's asking for all the money, and Belichick doesn't have to deal with that because he's already gone. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right, uh... I believe I reported that the Cowboys traded back up. They traded down. So, my bad. Uh, Avery is up with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, They had traded up to get Eric Reed, uh, another safety, which was a awesome – well, that's a need they had for a while, but it was very obvious. That was the one hole that – everything else they needed was basically a depth piece to replace somebody else. But safety, they had nobody. So – it looked good at the time, and then owners kind of colluded to keep him out of the NFL for a little while. So, Avery, who do you have Niners taken? Niners actually had a pretty decent team here in 2012, huh? Great team. Yeah. yeah. That's why they, that's why looking, they were picking at 31. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at that team now. So, I really wanted to take Keenan Allen here to pair off with Michael Crabtree. Um, I think that really could have helped that offense because Mario Manningham was their number two at the time. And, you know, he's just like, you know, other than the spectacular greatest throw of Super Bowl history oh, with Eli Manning on the left side of the field. Uh, other than that, he hasn't, he's just a, you know, 400 yard guy. He's a good number three, I would say. You know, I can just be number three, but I would really love to have Keenan Allen here. With that being said, I can't do that. He's taking two picks before. So, what I think I'm going to do here is maybe fill a little bit of a hole and pair small play slay Darius slay with Carlos Rogers. Hmm. And I think having those two at corner can really help this defense, even though they were already stacked on defenses via the head Smith Brooks, Bowman Willis, Aldon Smith, Carlos Rogers, Dante Whitner, Goldson, all these guys. Mm-hmm. Just let's just add to it. Defense wins championships. Let's add to the defense. Lock down both sides of the corner. Darius Slay, really good player, led the league in interceptions and passes deflect, uh, defense in 2018 or 2017. 17. 17. And, you know, he, his interception numbers have kind of obviously dialed off. I think he gets two or three a year. But then his, um, Passes defended is always kind of upwards of 20. So, and obviously I'll be dealing with him now in Philly, but I think he's a really good uh, corner here. And I'm really looking forward to the big play play versus small play play matchups here. Yeah. Yeah. Really good player. Uh, It's unfortunate. He was kind of wasted in Detroit next to no help for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. And they tried to get players on the cheap, like a, a Glover Quinn and guys around him that weren't that good. So now, I'd be interested to see him on a better team. Like, San Fran could raise him right. And maybe there's no Richard Sherman if they get Slay, you know? Yeah. You, never, right. you, never, you never know those uh, 
butterfly effects. But no, I think this is a really good pick. I thought you would have leaned Micah Hyde here, but I was I was really really thinking about leaning Micah Hyde, but they had decent safeties. They were just older. Like Dante Whitner was a Pro Bowl safety in 2012. You know, he was just drafted in 2005. He was just really old. So I could have replaced him, but just, I guess, playing Monday morning quarterback, I know he had two or three years left in him, or two years, I think it was. So uh-huh. maybe instead of going safety, just kind of, you know, replacing, uh, let me look it up. It looks like Tarrell Brown is their uh, second corner. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I feel like maybe adding another sa- another corner to Carlos Rogers, who actually didn't make a Pro Bowl this year, but Carlos Rogers is always great. Um, yeah. Throwing him next to him, I think that'd be a really good pairing. Okay, we get to a very interesting part of the podcast where they these two can fanboy out. Uh, so I'm gonna skip. <laughs> I'm gonna skip my turn, and I'm gonna give Cal this pick because Avery picked the, for the Giants last week, so it's only right. So the Giants picked Justin Pugh last time. Uh, who he's a starter. He gets hurt a decent amount, but he's not a first round pick talent. For mm. the amount of plays, he's like he's worth your second round pick. That's fine, but not. 19. So who do you have the Giants taking here, Cal? Don't screw this up, buddy. So <laughs> I was really excited to take to take Darius Slay at 19. And <laughs> Avery kind of ruined that one for me, so he got me back. Um, so I was just, you know, refreshing my memory a little bit. And Travis Frederick would have been another perfect pick here because David Boss was our 2012 center. Um, not sure, Avery, if you remember who that is. but Oh, I do. Yeah. Not great. Um, And I'm looking at our safeties. And in 2012, that was the Stevie Brown year. Remember when he had like eight interceptions? Yeah, Yeah, we loved him for that one year. Played out of his mind. In 2013, he wasn't on the roster. So I don't know what he did. I don't even remember what it was. Why he didn't. I think he might have even like torn his ACL after that or something. But that opens up a glaring need at safety because we only have Entrell Roll. And... We had a young Will Hill, but do we really want a young Will Hill on our team? No. We're going to go with one of my favorite defensive players in the league who I think is mightily underrated, and that's Micah Hyde. Yes. And I think he would just be a compliment and a half to Entro Roll in that, um, in that you know, the depth in the backfield on defense. Imagine Hyde and Entro Roll back there. You got two guys that can cover, that can hit, that can tackle. Just... I mean, on a secondary that was getting older, I think Corey Webster was in his 30s. Like, and then I think we had Prince Amukamara in 11. If I <laughs> so <laughs> we'd be securing up a secondary while still not drafting a linebacker because I couldn't do it. I have to stay in Giants fashion and not draft a linebacker. Here. Yeah, we we don't we don't draft linebackers here in New York. Yeah, we don't we don't do that here. And I think that's like the last year of Justin Tuck. I think too. I want to say is 2013. So, you know, it's a it's a good secondary with still a good pass rush. We had Linval Joseph on the line. Like, you know, defense could have made a little bit of noise. Yeah, I'm really happy you went with uh, safety help or secondary help here and didn't screw up my 2012 redraft of uh, Derek Wolf because uh, he's uh, shirt up the defensive line for the Giants here. Oh, in thank you. Yes. So, you know, I think I was really afraid you were going to go Kwan short there and just completely X-name my pick from last yeah. week. Yo, but it's so- <laughs> I, I think Micah Hyde is a really good piece here. Just him and Entrell Roll, like you said, can be uh-huh. really good. And then you still have Will Hill, who yeah. can be that third that th- third guy that you can throw in in um, some dime formation just to get yeah. another secondary out there. But really good pick. And I think 
just to touch on what you said, getting Derek Wolf in the redraft from 2012, you know, that would put that defensive line with Linval Joseph and Wolf in the middle. I mean, we're, we're building a stud defense here. <laughs> yeah, we're fucking we're good. We might be in the Super Bowl in 2015, by the way. And not freaking, what's his name, Reese, that's still oh. screwing shit up at this point. Oh, there's he who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be the other guy. Uh, but no. <laughs> Cal and I are co-presidents of the Micah Hyde fan club. Uh, yep. He has reached a new level since leaving Green Bay because they, even they didn't know what he was. But yeah. now that he's a full-time safety stud, he's set career highs in every category since he left for Buffalo. Yep. Uh, and maybe, like, if you look at, like, their combined draft picks between Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, mm-hmm. they were both taken – Hyde was a fifth-round pick originally. Jordan Poyer was a seventh-round pick by Philly, and mm-hmm. I don't know why we didn't keep him. Our bad, as bad as our secondary was. I think yep. I described that last week. Uh, yeah, that's one of like the lowest rated like safety tandems I've ever seen. And I stuck. love, I love that safety tandem. <laughs> they're great. Yeah, you and I bond over this. Like they are yep. so good. It makes no yeah. sense how other teams let them go. Okay, I'm gonna shut up about Micah Hyde because I can keep talking about him all day. Oh, <laughs> Avery, I gave you the barstool pick. Uh, Kyle Long was taken here by the Chicago Bears at number twenty. Uh, he's had some injury troubles. Uh, they tried shifting him to tackle one year. That didn't work, so they put him back. Uh, so who are you taking here? I'm going um, – I think I'm going to go bland here and just go chalk. Looking at their needs, I think defensive line could be a really good starting point. Um, decent teams throughout. And I'm going to take a guy that can play nose tackle and then recently found out that he could also play edge, and that's Brandon Williams. He's uh, yes. kind of played everything there in uh, Baltimore. I think recently he moved to defensive end or more of an edge-type uh, player instead of nose tackle. So in the Bears' case, I don't really think they needed a nose tackle at this point. So knowing playing Monday morning quarterback, once again, knowing that he can play a little more of an edge role, I think he's a really good spot here. He, you know, he plays a lot of games, doesn't miss many. Um, missed a few in 2017 Pro Bowl or in 2018 when he played all 16 games, and last year played 14. So you know he's pretty consistent there. And just knowing that you can move him around on that line as needed, I think it's a really good picture for the Bears. Uh, like I'm a co-president of the Micah Hyde fan club. My brother and I are co-presidents of the Brandon Williams fan club. <laughs> we don't. Uh, also, they list his nickname as Big Baby. I think him and Glenn Davis have to fight for that one. Uh, <laughs> but no, Brandon Williams is an absolute stud. And you're right. He was a primary nose tackle. But the last couple of years, they actually found a couple undrafted guys. Uh, Michael Pierce, who just went to Minnesota on a big deal this year. Uh, so they moved him to an end. And either way, he is still a monster. It's unreal. Like, the guy gets no coverage at all. Three, four ends, honestly, like, get the worst coverage ever. Because they're not a true edge rusher. They're not a true, like defensive tackle they're kind of stuck in the middle but no he is unbelievable to watch and he's the reason baltimore has been so successful and that's the reason like they haven't gotten rid of him yet you know baltimore does that thing where they let people go they've kept him for a reason he is that good he's just another one of those guys too where numbers don't do him justice because he doesn't get the sack numbers that you're expecting out of an edge even though he is just a really good pressuring and also run stopping nose tackle or defensive end yeah he's a guy that i believe he's in like the top 10 or 15 of pro football focus every year 
and it, yep. you, it's it's one of those names like a casual fan to be like who yeah it's like exactly. no watch the, watch the team watch them mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i would i would come in and say my piece on it but you guys just like Corey said he could talk about him all day so you, you did a very good job there <laughs> great uh great player like he's very another very underrated player i think like micah Hyde, the two of them um yeah solid pick for the bears defense Okay, uh, I am now back. I took a little one-pick hiatus here, and I am up with the first of the playoff teams, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, huh. <laughs> I, I, it's weird to say now, right? We're so used to them being just bad. Yeah. But uh, with this pick, they took Tyler Eifert, which looked like it had promise, and then he got hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt again. <laughs> so, so he's gone now. He finally left but Jacksonville for some reason wanted to pay him. Okay. Uh, so the one thing, if you looked at every article from this draft, remember all the coverage running back, they need running back desperately, but you look at the board and oof, it's rough. Hmm. Now they did trade back up and get Gio Bernard in the second round, which is fine, but yeah, he's not a value. Yeah, but he's not a workhorse. He's not a star like a Le'Veon. There's really only yeah. one of them in this draft. So yeah. it's a little weird. We've gotten some pretty eh, running back drafts here. But yeah. other than that, yeah. man, it's uh, <laughs> you're going to have to start looking at like secondary and tertiary needs here. Ah, oh, man, I don't know. This is rough. <laughs> I'm always like on the spot, too, with these things. All right. I think I know what I'm doing here. I don't know why. It's so funny. They also had wide receiver listed as a need because that was before they figured out like Muhammad Sanu and Marvin Jones were good after the <laughs> repairs. So that, that was the weirdest thing to read. I was like, they don't need that. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do here, they needed pass rusher. They needed line help as usual. So, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give them Vince Williams here. Okay. So two Williams back to back. There we go. Uh, for any of you who don't know who Vince Williams is, originally he was a – a lot of Florida State players in this draft too. Weird. Uh, for any of you who don't know, he was basically a special teamer for his first like four years of his career in Pittsburgh. And then once – I forget who left, and I should know this answer, but I'll remember it. Once somebody else went left at free agency, he became a starter in 17 at middle linebacker beside Ryan Chazier before he got knocked out. Mm-hmm. And – he was unbelievable. It was amazing. And you could see the numbers peak up. He had eight sacks his first year as a starter at middle linebacker. That's absurd. And he's had consecutive double-digit quarterback hits. He had 11 tackles for loss in 17. How was he not a pro bowler? That, those are insane numbers. Uh, <laughs> I just think he's turned into a really, really nice player. And by the way, he's cousins with Durbin James on the Chargers. So oh, there you fun. go. A little fun uh, fact. Yeah, but great value from the sixth round at pick 206 in this draft. Uh, And yeah, I think the Bengals needed somebody at middle linebacker because they were going through Mm retreads there for 70 years. I think the middle linebacker you were speaking of was Lawrence Timmons that left. Ah, thank you. Yes, he went to the Dolphins, right? Yeah. Thank you. He he signed a a pretty sizable deal to uh, retire in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, yeah. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> um, but Thank yeah, you. no, a, a good, a good pick. Like, yeah, like you said, in the first couple years of his career, if his path was going to be the same, you'd be looking at it and be like, eh, you know, 
hasn't really done much. But like you said, once he started playing, he started playing. He's good. Sacks, everything, tackles for loss. Great, great underrated player again for three picks in a row here. Yeah, I'm not usually a big fan of the whole drafting an inside linebacker mm-hmm. um, in the first round. But, like, when you look at a 2012 draft where you got Luke Keekley and Bobby Wagner in our redraft going one and two, like, sometimes it works. But I think, like, if you're going late first round, you're getting that really consistent guy here regardless of any position, yeah. then I think it's a really good spot. I'm just thinking about it. Maybe in the top ten is where I kind of exclude positions. Um, if you're not going to be like a real playmaker, defensive end, quarterback, receiver, one of those guys that kind of stray away. But once you're once you're in the twenties, I think position completely thrown out and just draft what you need. So I think it's yeah. a good pick here. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay, uh, Cal is up with the Atlanta Falcons. This pick was traded a bunch of times. Uh, <laughs> first, this was the Redskins pick. Yeah, remember they won the division in yeah. 2012. Weird. Uh, seems like so Ooh. long ago. Uh, so originally the Redskins traded this pick to the Rams when we all thought that the trade up for RG three was a steal. Yeah, right. And then <laughs> the Rams traded back and got a few picks for their trouble from the Falcons. And the Falcons took Desmond Trufant because they needed corners in the worst way. And they also needed some edge rushers. So who do you got for him, Cal? Well, Desmond Trufant's a little far down the board to, uh, bring him back up into the spot. Although he was, he's definitely a solid corner. Definitely wouldn't be an upsetting pick, like upset to pick him here. But, um, they do have some other needs. Like you said, edge rusher. We have, um, the big boy Ziggy Ansah on the board, who again, isn't the fifth overall pick in, in the draft, you know, not that good, but later on, wouldn't be a terrible choice. They obviously have stud targets on at wide receiver with Roddy White, who I used to love. And uh, Julio Jones, who is about to come into his own, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a couple of guys I could pick here. They could use offensive line help, but I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna give them Ezekiel Ansa on the edge. I think. Okay. And I think, although he's not the super upside player that we all expect him to be, I still think he can make a lot of noise on this defense and. Um, Help out a team that I feel like never really has a big pass rusher. So, no, you're right. They never have a good pass rusher, and that's why they. It took them another three or four years, but they took Tack McKinley in the first round. Who yep. we didn't know his position. We still don't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they've spent money on guys. It hasn't worked, and they just kind of expected the scheme to kind of make up for it. But no, I like the upside. This is a pure like alternate universe pick. You're hoping for that. 2015 year when he had 14 and a half sacks and 34 quarterback hits. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, he had 12 sacks and 17, but he really hasn't played much the last two years. So you're just mm-hmm. banking on upside and health. And this is a great alternate universe pick for this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good pick. Obviously the hype that was there hasn't been there, but maybe a different system. Like you said, I'm a big fan of the alternate universe pick. So see if he can make some noise there and uh, with the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of another alternate universe pick, maybe this is another one here. So the Vikings had not one, not two, but three first round picks in the next six or seven picks or so. Mm-hmm. So with their original pick, they took Sharif Floyd here, who, Ooh. oof, yeah, <laughs> of the three, by far the worst. Uh, their second one was really good for a little bit. And their third one, he's okay. Eh, yeah. He has his moments. 
Uh, he's still getting paid, so good for him. Uh, <laughs> so, Avery, who do you have the Vikings taking with the first of their three here? So, with the first of their three, I think their biggest and most – I mean, at this point, they still think Christian Ponder's the real deal. Uh, I'm not taking a quarterback, obviously. I think I, I – did I take a quarterback in the 2012 redraft for the Vikings? Uh, I can't remember. I, I think you talked think about did. it. You might have. I'll just pull it off. Maybe. But as you go, I'll keep talking. Yeah. So, I think they really needed a wide receiver, and they obviously try to fill that role later on in the draft by drafting Cordell Patterson, who I don't love, especially here. So, I'm looking at... You did not have him taking a quarterback. You gave him Harrison Smith. No, I'm sorry. You gave him Kevin Zeitler. Ah, right. Right, right, right. There we go. I gave him the guard there. So, guard last time. I think they really needed a wide receiver here. Um... Cordell Patterson got taken a little bit later. I don't love him here. Um, and I guess it's a good thing they passed on him in this spot. Maybe I probably would have passed on him in the last spot, too. But looking at the board, you see Kenny Stills. But then you start to remember that maybe the best receiver in this class wasn't even drafted. Mm. And he's just a young, little Division two wide receiver from the Mavericks in Minnesota State. <laughs> And that's Adam Thielen. He didn't get yes. drafted in this draft, but I'm going to take him here. I think they had it right. They signed him after this year. They didn't draft him. No one drafted him, but he's staying with the Vikings. I think he's just a really good receiver to have. Probably one of the best route runners in the league. Um, obviously came on a little late, as you would expect for anyone that goes undrafted. Um, yards weren't there in his first three, uh, first two years, I guess, in the 2016, which was his third full year. He started to push the 1,000-yard mark, and then ever since, it's been 1,000, 1,000, and then a very injury-riddled 2019. So, if you know, maybe, I don't know, you can compare him to a Robert Woods in this situation. I think Robert Woods is definitely more of a consistent guy. I think, personally, Adam Thielen is better than Robert Woods because of his route-running abilities. But I think just because of consistency, that's why you take Robert Woods over him. But if you can get Adam Thielen at 23 or better yet, undrafted, you're winning. Yeah, I love this pick here, uh, and for those of you that don't know, I only did draft picks on my thesis, so there were no undrafted players. But like I said, we're, we're going to take a better look at that in the future, but when we do redrafts again, if ever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, Adam Thielen had three giant years. He was IR stashed his first year. He didn't really do anything his first two years that he actually played, but the 16-18 to 18 stretch is just ridiculous and deserved Pro Bowls in 17 and 18. And then, like you said, Got hurt, and then Stephon Diggs took his shine and then got traded for a boatload of picks from Buffalo. So, great pick, great route runner. I would have hesitated to put him on any other team, I think, for the circumstance, because I think Minnesota yeah. developed him as a local guy. So, yep. I love this pick. I would lo- I re- I'm really looking forward to seeing him with Jefferson now, with Diggs gone, see how that yeah. kind of plays out. Yeah. I love Thielen, so, I mean – great pick like <laughs> there's so much like I, said, I love I love Thielen I think he's a great player and obviously coming from the bottom to make it there is incredible I know you're a Drake fan but geez come on Cal. <laughs> I hey I didn't finish the lyric all right I could have <laughs> okay I am up with uh the Indianapolis Colts uh who originally took uh the giant Bjorn Werner from another Florida State guy how many Florida State guys are this draft geez uh he just ended up being big. That's about it. Uh, 
So they could use a running, a bell cow running back. Uh, they were still on the very, very tail end of, you know, memories of Edger and James and Joseph Adai and whoever came after them. I don't even remember. Uh, yeah, they needed a bell cow. And they were getting some veterans at this point. And I think, yeah, it was this season. Two games into the year, they traded a first for Trent Richardson. Yikes. So looking at this board, I could go a Latavius Murray here as the quote-unquote bell cow. I don't like. I don't love any of these edge rushers here. The best one's like Alex Okafor, and he didn't really come on until the last couple years. Uh-huh. <sighs> Man. And then, you know what? I'm going to go with a secondary need, and this is pure value. This is the 18th best player on my board. I know Avery's going to love this pick. k Short. Ah, love it. Take it next. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm becoming the pick stealer. Yeah. Uh, like, we kind of mentioned this with uh, when Star Latulale was picked already, but uh, this is more of a pass-rushing interior defensive tackle. His stayed in Carolina his whole career since he got picked in the second round. Uh, and again, he actually, Star Latulale started every year. k Short didn't really become a thing until midway through his second year, but his first full year in 15 when he started every game, pro bowler, 11 sacks, 18 quarterback hits as a Three forced fumbles as a interior defensive tackle. Amazing. 18, which was his first full year without Starla Tuole next to him. Pro bowler again. Not the sack numbers haven't been there since that 15 year, but just consistent pressures, hits every single year. And that's an area of need the Colts have had for a long time. So this would be one way to fix it. Yeah, great pick here. And obviously, you said, I really enjoy that pick. And to answer your question before, Florida State led with most picks in this draft with 11 followed by Alabama, LSU and Florida with nine. So, you know, yeah. decent, amount of, decent amount of fiction for uh, Florida state, but really good pick with uh Kawan short. He definitely makes sense. Um, I'm curious to see how he would be different, you know, com- uh, us along opposite of um, star here, just not on the same team and uh, not developing each other there. But I think they're both really, really good players here. Yeah, I would think in this format, he would probably be like a 3-4, because I think they were at a 3-4 at this point. So he'd be a 3-4 end, probably opposite of where Robert Mathis lines up, outside mm-hmm. linebacker. So that'd be interesting to see. But yeah, they've yeah. never had anybody there. Uh, Cal is up with the second of the Minnesota Vikings pick. This pick, they traded Percy Harvin to Seattle and got a, this pick, a seventh, and a third in the next year's draft in 14. So... Cal, uh, Avery already gave you Thielen, so they don't need a wide receiver. So who else are you going to get? Probably for a defense. Yeah, I'm looking defense here. I think, um, obviously, those are the uh, needs. I was hoping to grab a defensive tackle in Kawan Short with this pick. You know, basically (laughs) replacing that awful pick they made for Shuri Floyd in this draft, actually. But um, I'm kind of, I don't really want to reach... And I also don't want to take Alec Ogletree. So I'm going to reach a little bit further below that. And I'm going to take the corner that they still desperately need and go with Desmond Trufant. Hmm. I think he's still a very solid corner. It's a it's a need on the team. They definitely need that cornerback. Hence why they took Rhodes with this pick. So um, I think still a solid corner. He's going to give you a, a bunch of good years. He's not the best corner. He's not going to be super locked down, but... He'll, he'll always be, be there to make good plays, and 
I don't know. I, I just I like him overall as a player on my defense. You don't have to worry too much. He doesn't need too much help. So could sure up the other side, maybe. Yeah, not spectacular. Somehow set a career high for picks last year, and he only played nine games. That's yeah, pretty yeah. insane. There you uh, go. One, one-time pro bowler, uh, pretty consistent uh, double-digit passes defended, except for mm-hmm. one year he was hurt in 16. But he was on pace this year before he got hurt. Uh, yeah, uh, I just think he's a very solid player. He's not a lockdown number one guy, but he's a he's an okay number one guy or a very, very good number two guy. Yes, I think, in the right exactly. I, so I think that right here, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Avery is up with the Green Bay Packers, and this is another pick they would want back. They took Dayton Jones here. <laughs> uh, yeah, enough said. Uh, so Avery, who do you have them taking here? So I have their one glaring need as a running back. Um, I think this is the, also the draft where they grabbed Eddie Lacy in the fourth round. If I'm not mistaken, second round. Um, they took they took Jonathan Franklin in the fourth. That's what it was. The so second round, Eddie Lacy. And at the time, that Eddie Lacy pick seemed like it was a really good pick. And as I said before, and I say over and over again, I'm really scared of these big running backs that you take earlier, even in the second round. I still think consider that early for these big running backs because when you're going head to head, colliding nonstop, you're going to have a shortened career. So I'm going to do something a little out of the box here and. Maybe they still end up taking Eddie Lacy in the second round, but I'm going to stick with the running back trend, and I'm going to go Latavius Murray here. Um, I think he's, you know, kind of a good mix of a guy that can be a little bit elusive, but also can lower the shoulders when you kind of need to. Um, he obviously gets a little bit of, you know, so he's always been like a number two on most places. You know, he's in uh, New Orleans now, uh, clearly playing second fiddle to Alvin Kamara. Uh, Minnesota before that, clearly playing second fiddle. Um, no, nah, he was number one went there, wasn't he, when um, the past two years, once AP was gone, 2017? Yeah, so that was the year Dalvin Cook tore his ACL in the preseason. So he was number one right. his first year, and then he, he was just kind of, like you said, like sprinkled in some games. He was the starter, but yeah. Exactly, yeah. And I think he's like a, you know, he's just a decent guy. In the beginning of his career, he had that one year in Oakland where he was a pro bowler rushing for over 1,000. And ever since then, it's kind of been 700 to 800 yards. So maybe if you take Latavius Murray here, maybe if you still continue to take Eddie Lacy there, you can kind of have a two-horse backfield. Right now they had Cedric Benson, RIP. Um, but maybe if you take them both, you kind of extend Eddie Lacy's career a little bit longer and you kind of use that two-horse mantra instead of just the one big guy running up and down people's throats. Yeah, and I definitely think that was a part of the Green Bay plan when they took Lacy and Franklin, and then years later they did it again with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. They I, they just seem to like doing that, so they have these two guys for four years, and then next set. So, no, I like the pick. Uh, Latavius Murray is one of those guys where he's definitely better if teams just give him like a full time chance, and no one seems to ever have given him that, yep. except for the one year in Oakland. Even like the number of carries he had in that Pro Bowl year wasn't that high. I mean, he only had two sixty six. That's not a ton, but no, it's not too many. Yeah, so I like this pick, and I'm sure Green Bay would love to run him into the ground. So there you go. He's always averaged four yards a carry. And they're still doing this whole uh, running back backfield now because they just took A.J. Dillon now, even though they have Aaron Jones leading the league in touchdowns last year. So I'm curious to see how they do that. But they just love stacking their backfield and kind of using multiple at the same time. 
I'm just kind of open. I, I really like Eddie Lacy, and I just think maybe he gets extended a little bit if you kind of use someone else. Yeah. Okay, I am up with the Houston Texans, and sadly, they are not going to replace the greatness that was DeAndre Hopkins with this pick, who, <laughs> once again, none of us know how he slipped to 27 other than concerns about his height. That was about it. So they definitely need another receiver because Andre Johnson was nearing his end there, and he was getting hurt. They definitely need a nose tackle, and they definitely need a linebacker. And then you could also argue that they could use an offensive tackle and some secondary help. So, man, I'm going to make this pick not as a primary need, but because I really believe in this guy. He just needs to stay healthy. I'm taking Teron Armstead here. Okay. I'm a big Teron Armstead fan. The guy just can't stay healthy, and I'm thinking alternate universe he does, but he played in a career-high 15 games this year, Pro Bowl over the last two years. Uh, really good when he's healthy, but yeah. again, he's never played 16 games at a season, and th- but the Saints gave him the left tackle job as a third-round pick in his second year, so they clearly believe in him, even when they drafted Andrews Pete number 11, I think two years later, mm-hmm. with the intention of playing him at left tackle, they didn't, because they still believe in Armstead, so I'm going to take Armstead here. He's barely been penalized. This year, he had the most penalties he's had since his rookie year. And yeah, out of Arkansas Pine Bluff, small town, <laughs> small school guy. And like I said, this is totally banking on him staying healthy. And this is a, a guy where I think Dwayne Brown was still there in Houston. So he would probably start out at right tackle and then shift over. But Houston always needs offensive linemen. And I love Teron Armstead. Yeah, I think he's obviously a really good player, obviously staying healthy. The big concern, like I said multiple times, is when offensive linemen get hurt, that's kind of where I stray away because um, plugging and placing kind of causes issues. But if alternate universe, he can stay healthy here. I think you got him for a steal here at, what, 27? Yeah, I think it would be a steal if he just stays healthy. Uh, Cal is up with the Denver Broncos, who took run stuffer Sylvester Williams, who might be under consideration with this pick, but probably not. So who do you got, Cal? Um, so I'm not going to take him. I'll just, okay. I'll just throw that out there oh, now. All right. Just, just fair. Not yep. looking at Sylvester Williams here. I'm looking at this Broncos roster and forgot how good this team was. Yes. Um, I was thinking originally of maybe trying to sneak a corner in there since Chant Bailey's now like 35 years old, but I ended up taking true font for, <laughs> for the Vikings. So I'm actually going to go with a little bit of linebacker help. Because I don't think 37-year-old Keith Brooking is going to be helping out in the linebacking core anymore. So I am going to draft A.J. Klein. Love it. And I just think, again, a solid player. And he can play every single game every single year if you need him to. And a guy that already on an absolutely stacked defense just would fill right in. Yeah, he's had a pretty interesting career. Was really a special teamer for the first two years of his career and then yeah. really got pressed into duty with Keekley's concussions and uh, Thomas Davis getting hurt. It's a starting. And then once he left for new Orleans, like the training wheels came off and he's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, he's proved he should have been a starter all along and the numbers have proven that. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And like I said, I think him being in a full-time role in a good team like Denver is the perfect fit for him. Mm-hmm. All right. Avery, you are up with the, third Minnesota Vikings pick. So to recap, Avery already gave them Adam Thielen and Cal gave them Desmond Trufant. So 
not really too many needs here left for them. It's probably a front seven guy. So who are you taking here? Yeah, Cal actually really helped me out here. I was between two guys. One of them was AJ Klein. So I'm going with the second guy at kind of the same position. Obviously, Klein's more of an outside guy. I'm going inside guy. And I'm going to go with Alec Ogletree. Um, pair him off with what was Chad Greenway, where I think this was during the time of his career, right? Middle linebacker yes. there. He was uh, yes. really good. Right? It wasn't that long of a really good stint for him, right? It was maybe he had three years where he was like, holy shit, fucking Chad yeah. Greenway. Stud. Um, <laughs> so I think maybe adding Alec Ogletree in the middle there would be really good. I actually really liked this trade for the Giants when we got him in 2018. And obviously now I'm thinking about it. I'm <laughs> just maybe it wasn't the best move. But at the yeah. time, I really thought I, I really liked him. He's a 100-tackle guy, uh, hasn't hit 100 tackles in three years, but he's always in the 95. He's 95, 93, and 80 in his past three years. But before that, it was 119, 111, 136, and then an injury riddle um, 2015. But you stick a guy like him in the middle. He's kind of always in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really good player here. And he's always a guy that, too, that gets interceptions, too, as a middle linebacker. Um, usually in 2018 with the Giants, I think he had five, which I also think he had a, um, he had a something, I forget what it was. There was a story about him having something with, uh, McAdoo at the time, or if he got an X amount of interceptions, he would get something or I, I forget what it was. Something stupid, like a Chipotle gift card. But, um, <laughs> it's just something that we, they knew as when he came to the Giants, that he can be an interception guy as a middle linebacker and you know he's still getting one two a year as so i'll take that any day sign up with that with the tackles maybe alternate university continues to stay healthy a little bit longer doesn't miss that 2015 season that kind of um after that just derailed him a little bit yeah he's definitely an interesting case study because he played for a lot of bad teams in his career i don't think he Mm -hmm. ever really played for one good team so that's the one argument you could say how good is he if he's playing on all these bad Rams teams and bad Giants teams. Uh, But yeah, his 16 year was incredible. 136 uh, combined tackles, 98 solos. Nuts. Yeah, that's insane. And yeah, like you said, he could do a little bit of everything. He always seems to be around the ball. He had 10 forced fumbles in his first two years. That's nuts. So yeah, it's a good pick. But again, I would just question like, what's his contribution to a winning team? Right. I am up for my final pick of this draft with the St. Louis Rams, who we already gave them Le'Veon Bell. Cal did, at least, Mm -hmm. want to be particular. So the needs, they could still use another weapon, uh, some line help, some secondary help. And so, well, at this point, you can't really go for a stud number one receiver. So I'm just going to give them Kenny Stills based on value here. Yeah. Um, he's been very productive for multiple teams. Again, not this trade with, with uh, the saints is pretty funny in hindsight where they just dumped them to Miami and mm-hmm. it actually worked out for them for Miami better at the time. Uh, he's somehow never hit a thousand yards. How did that happen? Okay. Uh, never really became a full-time starter until you could argue some 13, but really 2016 in Miami, he was kind of a gadget player before that. Yeah, but but very fast guy, and he just opens up a lot of things. He led the league with twenty yards per catch his rookie year with New Orleans, which is pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah, that is. But again, just another weapon. 
the Rams, yep. as we established in the last podcast and this one, didn't have weapons. So just give him weapons. Mm-hmm. Cal, you're up with the uh, – uh, I gave you the Giants, so you got to deal with the Cowboys here. They're trade down. Uh, we're not giving them Travis Frederick, so who do you have for them here? Um, Can I trade out? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish. I don't yeah. think for the Cowboys last time, so it's yeah, only right. so – on, I guess on here right now, their need is a guard, maybe a pass rusher, a defensive end, safety. I feel like the Cowboys have always needed a safety. Like in my recent memory, I feel like they've always just, there's, they've always had one safety, not two or neither. Um, but looking through this, um, not so star studded roster, as I would say, cause you know, they went eight and eight, like every other year. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm actually going to help them out and maybe in this alternate universe, they don't, um, draft Zach Martin because I'm going to take DJ Fluker mm. at right guard. I like your thinking here. And, uh, yeah, yeah let's, get him, <laughs> uh, let's get Zach Martin out of here. Um, but yeah, I mean, a guard is a glaring need for them. Uh, they, they're slowly starting to build up that line. You know, they have Tyron Smith. I just think, um, you know, McKenzie, Bernadou just wasn't really doing it at right guard for them. So, <laughs> so you, yeah. you fill that in with another good offensive lineman and TJ Fluker, assuming he isn't getting hurt as much as he did early on in his career. He's could be a very solid right guard for many years on that team. It's funny with him because take out the giants here, because that was just, that was bad, but he was actually a really good right tackle his first two years. And then, Whatever reason they shifted him, and yeah. he's been okay. So I don't if this is one of those things where maybe he plays right tackle with the Cowboys, which they did need at the time. Doug Free was nearing his end there, if I remember yeah. correctly. They could so, have slid Doug Free to right guard and put him at right tackle. You know? Yeah, prolonged his career. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I like this pick here. It makes perfect sense for what they need. <laughs> so once again. Avery is going to end the draft. He has the Super Bowl champion Baltimore Ravens, and they want to forget oh, yeah. this. They want to forget this pick as quickly as possible. They took Matt Elam out of Florida. By the way, every Florida player who calls Florida DBU, stop it. Every one of those picks has sucked. Stop. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's LSU. LSU is DBU. End of story. Yeah. Uh, Avery, who are you giving the Ravens here? So I'm actually between two guys right now. One of them would be a lot more surprising than the other. Um, okay. But I don't think I'm going to do it, but I will talk about it. I'm I really contemplating giving the Ravens Tavon Austin here as a mid-second oh. round guy who could have been, who what could have been with that speed, just on a really god-awful Rams team. And this is just one of my what-if kind of moments. Like maybe if he was on a really good team with that speed, what could have been. But because he's not been good at all, he's a 500-yard guy, even with that what-if mindset, I still don't feel comfortable taking him in the first round. So with that being said, I'm going to go with another undrafted guy. Cornerback is a big glaring need for the Ravens. Um, maybe not glaring need, but a need for the Ravens. So I'm going to go with undrafted A.J. Boye here. Nice. I, I, he's a really good player, and he got really overshadowed by Jalen Ramsey. I think 2017 when he was a pro bowler, and Jalen Ramsey, I think, was first team all pro. He got really overshadowed in 2018. I honestly think he was the best corner on the team, but everyone was just 
kind of starstruck by Jalen Ramsey and his antics and yeah. kind of took a little bit away from him. And I, he's just a really locked out. He's a guy that your numbers aren't going to show how good he was because you really didn't throw towards him at all. Just you did not touch him. It's kind of like that whole Revis Island mantra that you had. Just no one throw to him because he's going to deflect that pass. He's going to be there, and your receiver's not going to catch the ball. So yeah. I think as an undrafted guy, it's amazing. And if you can get him at 32 here, there's a couple guys that you could take ahead of him. I actually really thought about taking Kenny Stills, and that kind of made it easier for me. Mm-hmm. But I was between Tavon Austin and um, A.J. Boye here, and A.J. Boye is definitely the safer pick. So I'm going to go with him. I like it, and he would have fit in real nice with the still young Jimmy Smith, who still wasn't quite at that level that we know him at now. So Mm -hmm. some people even thought maybe Jimmy Smith was never going to be good at that time. But, no, I like the pick. I honestly didn't know if you're going to pick Ricky Wagner here because Mm -hmm. he was picked in the fifth round as their right tackle. So it would have been a nice little bump up. But, no, the 17-year from A.J. Boye was unreal. He's been solid. Again, like – the numbers aren't going to back him up, but the pro football focus scores really give him justice and really good player for, especially for where he was never taken. <laughs> technically. Yeah, so, exactly. So, so good yeah, player no, for like where he pick. wasn't taken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so before we go, just wanted to uh, mention what we're doing. We're planning at least for next week. Uh, we are running a gambler's paradise, hopefully series. I think, right guys. I why mean, not? Yeah, right? if we can do it. Yeah, I mean, wow. We can do a couple uh, here and there whenever there's a big game or maybe a little uh, horse racing action, you know. I'm oh. in there. All <laughs> right. So next week we're going to break down baseball, basketball especially, starting up again. And we'll throw in some other stuff too, but just some bets to look out for uh, for all of you degenerates out there. And we'll hopefully turn it into a series. So this was the start of hopefully many more. Yeah. So. Every disclosure, do not listen to any of my NBA bets because I know nothing. But uh, I will that's still right. make some bets. <laughs> listen, we'll all have our categories. I'm going to be like, if you guys are going to talk hockey, I am out of there. I am not a hockey guy. But again, <laughs> I will let you guys have free reign on that and we'll figure it out. But uh, I'm in for the basketball. I know Cal's in for the basketball. So yeah, I'm in for well, everything. Just, <laughs> just throw <laughs> <up this. laughs> We'll figure it out. It's not a problem. So, guys, thank you, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me, brother. Awesome. Later, guys. Thanks to all of you for listening. Be sure to follow the Corey Andrews Podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify, and rate and review. We already hinted it earlier in the pod, but next week's episode will be a gambler's paradise where we'll go through some of our degenerates' preferred bets heading into the return of American sports. So keep it here and follow the pod if you want to win some money. This has been the end of the redraft series, for now, on the Corey Andrews Podcast.